and welcome to um, this week's, this month's, this quarter's, who knows, this has been a long time since there's been another Mad Axman podcast, I think it was back in November of 2022 and we're now right at the beginning of March 2023, so we've clearly got a lot to talk about, we've got nearly a full set, only a badger missing today, but we're going to regale you with stories of nearly all the things we've bought, some of the things we painted otherwise it would be a very long episode and quite a lot of the competitions that we've been to as well in the uk up and down the country southwest east north and even going into sunny spain so sit back enjoy the podcast which is coming to you and we will be back fairly soon as well this means war Well, welcome. It's been it's been quite a while since November. Um, I'm looking around. I think the I'm not sure whether this country's had three or four or possibly five prime ministers in that time. Um, interest rates have gone up, down, leftwards. Nobody's been able to pay for heating, and now we've got no vegetables. But um, with those things in mind, that's probably exactly why we're all huddled around the monitor trying to um, pick up the warmth exuding from our zoom screens as we all nearly stare at each other for the time and um and i think more importantly than that we're um we've just found out through um some something that i'm signed up to um on on podcast monitoring that we've dropped a whole 45 places to be now only the 129th best most popular hobbies based podcast in new zealand we're in 129th place down 45 from the last time that this thing sent me a random um random selection so we can't live with that we've just got to chuck out some more nonsense tedious content really haven't we so um we've got we've got almost the complete gang um only the lord badger himself is um is away and it, and if i cast um <laughs> i cast my eyes across the screen um that's probably that's probably reduced the average amount of um, of hair um, across all of us by quite a significant amount, really. Oh, at least fifty percent, I'd have thought. That's quite that's quite yeah. scary, isn't it? Yeah, it, it would divide it all by by six or something like that, and then add a bit of badger to it. So um, no Peter, but we've got the rest of the gang here. So without further ado, I guess we um, we dive straight in and and try and pick um, if anybody can remember, if anybody can pour over their credit card bills or their PayPal accounts or or possibly even bought something face to face. Um, what have we bought since we were last all staring at each other in November? Um, any any particular highlights? Simon, you're 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 pyramiding your um fingers in a kind of evil genius, I'm in a world of shopping sort of way. What's what's the Simon highlight? Because I guess this period includes warfare as well, doesn't it? The, the show. Yeah, so Warfare was quite good. So um, uh, like many Wargamers, we went to the new Warfare um, um, show or the new location, I guess, out in Farnborough and the, um, out of the Salubius Airport. That was mm. quite nice. And there were quite a lot of vendors out there. So um, I resisted the 25mm Renaissance quite a lot because they were calling me. Um, but I got attacked by a bunch of plastic models. So Adam, you'd be really happy to know. Um, a whole bunch of Vitrix, um, Greek and other figures seem to have launched themselves into my handbag and said, take me home, take me home and paint me. So I've now got a, um, a Seleucid Greek army in 25 mil that's uh, starting to be being painted up. So um, they're wow. really, really nice figures. So having a bit of fun with the old um, uh, clippers and liquid poly. Get that beautiful smell of acetone and all that, and um, 
painting, painting them all up. Good. What, what was your thoughts on um, on the venue? Because you know it's quite a change from Ascot, and it's quite a change from the years before in the um, the slightly chlorinated leisure centre in in the bowling yeah. alley or something <laughs> like that. The venue was a. The venue was quite um, awkward for us to get to. Was, you know, uh, when, we, when we drove in, we were trying to find the, uh, it wasn't gate 34A, it was 34B, yeah. <laughs> around the back, past the Russian oligarchs and the um, the other uh, airplanes. The actual venue itself was, you know, as a war game, it was really good. We had a great big hall. All the, the majority of the traders and the war gamers were together. They had decent coffee and food and all that. Um, and you could actually get to it, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, then I had another hall with all the other uh, gaming shops. Um, lots of traders. It was great to see lots of the games all together where compared to at the race course, you didn't know who was playing because we were all scattered around. Yeah, it was all over the shop, wasn't it? Yeah. And being that it's an aircraft hangar, you've got the nice high ceiling. So especially the next day after the, um, uh, the usual Saturday night curry and um, uh, a few glasses of beer and all that, it was quite pleasant. And um, yeah, it's a nice space. You can definitely see we could grow into it. And as the war gamers table, we actually had space between each of the gaming areas. So you could actually walk around and move your miniature bag without knocking someone's table. Did, did, so, um, did anyone go by public transport at all? Um, or was it because if you know, driving there was, um, you know, you're driving somewhere, aren't you? And, and there was a bit of a schlep <laughs> around the airfield once we knew, but I don't know if anybody, Samson, did you go down by? public transport no i didn't go down to warfare i didn't go no didn't go okay was that just because it was the rest went gordon went by public transport they had to walk miles didn't they yeah (laughs) yeah i think they had quite a schlep didn't it they need to open another exit or entrance gates for the yeah yeah i think i think i mentioned that to one of the guys there i I suspect the venue had just sort of forgotten to open it or not realized that all those gamers would arrive in before the public or something mm. like that. So they, they opened a, a gate in the fence for the public at 10 o'clock, but we were all there kind of at 8.30, which was a bit of a problem for it. But but teething troubles. But I guess it's it's putting a thing in another proper venue, isn't it, really? That's yeah, the, it was, I mean, I could see from the, the traders, it was a great location because they could drive their vans up, load straight in and out. I was watching the miniature teams, the various miniature companies, just basically wheel mm. all their heavy lead into it. That was quite good. Um and is Reading of... looking to stay there for good now? Then, yes. No. Okay. Yeah, I think the um, the the swimming pool thing is being knocked down or rebuilt or or mm. something. But I th- they've definitely they've even got dates for the next two or three years in. Um, or, no, I think the next I... two years in Farnborough. So, um, I always look forward to the weird cafe with the weird ceiling. That yes. is the problem. The gorge, the gorge in, um, that, in Reading, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Maybe we should just do a club outing to have a full English breakfast in Caversham or something like that, because that was actually almost as important as the whole rest of the event, wasn't it? That, I think that, that was blockbuster breakfast they did. It yeah. was just epic. I wonder what we it was a nice place to just breakfast in uh, Burton as well. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah, but, you know, the Caversham one, you'd almost drive there just as a, a specific event, a bit like when, um, Adam, that time we went back down to Bath when there wasn't a competition on just to play... Um, history of the world in a tapas bar that was one of my favorite war gaming competition weekends actually because there was no competition (laughs) weirdly yeah we just went down for the um down for the gaming god okay so simon is your main is that kind of your only purchase over the last few months um no and the other purchase i was um i was very 
very lucky to get. Um, I happened to go to America for um, to see some family over there. So since I was going over to America, it'd be rude not to go and buy some inches there. So I got a whole bunch of um, the the Curacao later Renaissance figures. Ah, face it. I, is that know, is I that their more. figures or is that the ex um, Giuseppe Rava Testudo ones? Now these are the, these are their range. This is their uh, range of the Louis the Fourteenth, the later Swedes, and all that that okay. range. So lots of tassels, lace, um, and cute hats, and all that, and uh, flintlock guns. So they look really pretty. So I've got a whole bunch oh. of those to do a, a bunch of um, either later Swedes, leader of Alsbergs, or whoever they are. Um, got some musketeers, so I can. Um, make various French jokes and all that, and um, lots of regimental artillery. So um, okay. that'll keep me amused for at least a few months. Good, 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 good. And that that got, because um, it's always the challenge with Curacao, isn't it? To, do you, no, I've never heard anybody have a problem with ordering from them um, overseas and everything just sort of gets through. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody saying that there's been any, you know, major problems with postage or customs, which, which you kind of should get. He's got some sort of clever way of getting around it, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he does it through eBay, but because of my uh, one of my brother-in-laws lives in America, I got all the lead delivered to him, and so I rocked yeah. up and go, "G'day, how are you? We know where my toys." Right. Fish, <laughs> and then and that just sorts out all the postage. Oh, fantastic! Absolutely, yeah. So you know, save the postage and all that. Like, and have you there. have you started? We'll we'll talk about painting a bit later, but have you started dabbling in in painting up both of them in parallel, or you've got the discipline to put one lot as no, no head gets shaken, no yeah, bit of everything so straight in. Um, yeah, so I've painted up one pike and shot unit just to see how they look like and just get my idea of what I'm doing. And then I bought the um, got the 25 mil guy, so um, I've got half a dozen um, half units already painted up, and I'm just uh, the you'll be very happy to see the decals have arrived from um, ah, right. Okay, um, shield transfers, all good. All good tricks. So all that's brilliant. Be shield transfers everywhere. Excellent. Um, you'll be um, little bits of clear plastic will be littering the floor and getting sucked up in the Uber. <laughs> Getting on the wooden floor. I suspect. Yeah. Good. All right. Okay. Well, Dave, you you've just given us a <laughs> to to interrupt there, um, or unless there was someone else impersonating you, which is a bit weird. Um, what have what have you bought since Warfare? What what's been on the the Saunders shopping list? I've bought nothing since Warfare. I bought stuff at Warfare. Okay. What what was the Warfare thing? Because that is I've, still I've bought, November. I bought lots it? of camels. You bought lots of camels. Yeah, War and Empire, Forged in yeah. Battle, another blister of their uh, camels with lances, I suppose, which will be, that's that's enough. I can do all the camels I want. And I've got a blister of uh, cataphract camels as well. Oh, right. Okay. I've got tired of being beaten up by camels and decided to go for it and have as many camels as everybody else. So does that mean you've got, 12 cataphract camels if that's a blister and you only need six yeah. Is that the yeah so but then there will be the odd occasion you might want three at 300 points or something of course there will that's a classic yeah. justification yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah. so you might as well paint up all 12 anyway yeah. or yeah. there'll be two bases at some point that can go somewhere yeah there will be good so that's or, just that's literally your purchasing has been two, no, no, two no, packets, no. also bought colonel bill do old recycled okay People's and so I got yeah. four four Essex heavy chariots from them at a nicely reduced rate. All right, for which army? What biblical stuff or um? It's just biblical. So they're they're Assyrian ones. So I think hmm. they, I think I can use them for anything from yeah 
that sort of later period. But heavy chariots, I, I like the gladiator ch- chariots. They don't, yeah, their limit, their range is a little limited. No heavy chariots. Hmm. They're really good figures. I really like their biblical figures. It'd be good to get them if they could do more. But you know, yeah, yeah, true. I think they're an yeah. old range that's been re- recycled, though, haven't they? Yeah, that's those those really kind of chunky, muscular yeah. little guys that look quite different because everybody else's biblical stuff's always quite skinny, isn't it? I yeah, think. they do. They yeah. started doing extra in fighting fifteen. They started doing extra um, horses to turn the okay. two horse chariots into four. I guess. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah still two well, guys in the cab. Oh, it? I know what they could. I find some uh, Napoleonics on eBay going cheap. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you managed to buy them before Dave Allen did. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. AB miniature, 15, 18 millimeter, uh, Wurttemberg. Um, right, Wurttemberg. It, it was spooky because it was exactly what I needed to turn my three mm. regiments of Wurttembergers into a division. Okay. Were they painted or unpainted? Unpainted, unpainted. Because they are beautiful figures. They are, I've, I've got them yeah, yeah, yeah. figures and they are really beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I bought, so I bought about enough to do sort of three regiments for a Bataille Empire. BE, whatever you want to call it, for the for the allies in a French army. But now I've got enough to sort of create it into its own. I've got whereas I had the light infantry and the three lots of heavy infantry, I've now got the cavalry and the artillery and mm. the riflemen. <coughs> yeah. So yeah, because it sounds like I've I've sort of picked up in the um on the wires, so to speak, that um Bataille Empire is is moving towards quite swiftly towards a new um updated version of it there's kind of i think um north star have run out of the first print run which i i guess is a thing and um i've seen some messages suggesting that Hervé is looking at a a new version and because i i'm i'm involved with sorting out roll call um there's a bataille empire competition there that i think has got about eight or nine people at it maybe maybe close up to 10 now actually and and they're using something called the alcoy amendments which sounds like the kind of document that someone marches up to a big wooden church door and hammers in and causes a schism all across europe or something the alcoy amendments um but i suspect it's actually some of the people in spain or france who actually play it have worked out some things to make it actually playable um and they're now just all playing that at competitions and that may well become the basis for a for a next edition of it that will be not a version one with good ideas but quite painful to to kind of force your way through it so that could be an interesting um, thing i've played a few games recently and i've come to the conclusion that um because at first it is all hard work but the last game i had it flowed quite quickly and First, I had to get my head around the idea that the whole idea of it is a competition set of rules, which I, for, I find that yeah. easy to get my head around for instance, from Napoleonics. Yeah. So once I understood that, mm. um, and that's what it was trying to do, that made it easier. Um, and I've come to the conclusion that you can get a competition-type game out of it, but uh, the time scale is more three hours, three hours, 15 yeah. minutes, rather than ADLG. 215 220 um because the last game i had was really good and it was a different um this sort of like attack the um dice throws at the beginning set up a nice little scenario and it was an interesting game still a bit too long still a li- little bit too 
Oh god, this is oh Dave shot already, and that means it's plus one. But no, it it's um, it kind of worked. So hopefully, a new edition would clean it up so it's uh, streamlined. Yeah, well, I think knocking the corners off it would be great, really, wouldn't it? It's it it does look like there's something in there, but it's um it's it's struggling a bit to get out at the moment. But maybe we, we, um, were, we were talking about it the, on the way back from Burton, or actually in okay. the pub of Burton, yeah, because Howard was up there, and Howard really likes it. Hmm. And 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 um, Andy Gilbert and some of the what guys on the south coast saying they're playing it. So yeah, there's definitely sort of a groundswell there. And I, I yeah. said I, that, precisely, I I said I actually said at first, I think you know, considering that's the first version, if way her if her phase rules go by their way, if they get to second and third edition, there'll be a game, won't there? Yeah, no, that's true. Although I suppose we've got Ian at the club is also you know imminently or, or he's always been imminently bringing out um, his. Andy, what's it called? Um, Emperor Commander. of the Battlefield. Oh, Emperor of the Battlefield. Emperor of the Battlefield. Have you have you played that as well? That because that's I the played one or two bits of it. Eighteenth um, century rules, isn't it? King of the Battlefield is the eighteenth century one. Yeah, which is that's really good. Um, the Emperor of the Battlefield. I think that they're working quite hard playtesting it and getting it up to speed. But I'm not wowed by it. I just think that the way it looks doesn't seem right to me. Just, I think the problem with trying to get two bases of figures mm. to look like it's a column, just the, the, the frontages and the side, you know, the footprint of the unit doesn't look quite right to me. Okay, but if you can abstract that away, because I, th I think scale yeah. is one of the things that is a, you know, people can hang on to it as a problem for picking up new sets of rules, but then at some point your resistance just crumbles and then you're like, yeah, all right, I'll do, you know, because. <laughs> I guess we all went through that when, well, no, we didn't all go through that, but at the time of moving from multi-base units to one, one basis, one unit in DBM was kind of like, what? And then, you know, even Simon with, um, with ADLGR, that kind of whole thing about, oh, bloody hell, two base, 80 mil wide. And then you do it and you go, oh, actually, I've done it actually. Oh, I based up like four, five pike and shot units, and they look pretty cool. And I've still got a million other figures, and it's, and it's kind of yeah, it's done, sold, sorted. You know, once, once, once you kind of click into get past the, the issue over how basing works. But is it just something that you think you might get over if you played it a lot? There's a, there's a good decent game. It's possible. That? I mean, I just haven't really got into playing it. Yeah. I mean, there's a group of guys that play it fairly regularly. Yeah. I, so I kind of think more any set of rules takes time to. You know, I mean, we we took time to get into ADLG. We didn't like yeah. that at first, and not. You know, I think if as long as you play something for a couple of years and you get to, mm. you've got to like give it time to like know the rules, have yeah. them in your head rather than sit there mm. reading it. Mm. I think this kind no, of. No one spit it out after one after one game of it. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, in interesting times for the Napoleonics, and that would be good news for your Wurttembergers, then, might it? I guess. Uh, Does that mean right. roll call? There might be some extra spaces because with Howard and Simon, we probably go. There's definitely that. one extra. I think um, yeah. there's an extra space. Let me just. I can probably look <laughs> look online as we speak to him. see because we're we're very very close to a sellout for roll call. But there's. I think I've told Howard about it. But um, there is. There's definitely one space. For Batai Empire, that would bring them up from nine to ten. So okay. um chase them up for that. I think there's one for DBMM 15 mil, and there's one for Saga. So other than that, it's um it's 
it's full, which is nice um, to get nearly 140 people going into, into Wrestling's War. So um, let's let's move along then. Um, Adam, um, you you're Mister Playing at Entertainment, which must be a temptation. So, and now I'm I'm guessing unless it was intensive nets over the summer, you've you've had several months in which you may have been tempted to buy something. And I and I did, I believe, see you on Zoom only seconds ago wielding a sprue clipping um, tool with great aplomb. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, well. It's my hobbiness over the past year or so has been really, really slow until the past month or so. And when we did Beachhead, that got me back into it. So I'm sort of getting back into it. And at Beachhead, I bought some terrain. Mm. I got some um, natty fields rather than using felt pots, which is uh, nice. Um, but apart from that, I haven't bought anything because I've got loads of stuff sitting in the cupboard from when I was doing right. those. Okay. That I'm now sort of like picking up. So I just started my... So shall we pretend that you bought it? Because in the same way that that you're pretending to probably your missus that you've just bought it or something like that. If we pretended you just bought stuff, what has what has come forward into your um you know possession as if for the first time, as if by magic over well, the last month? What's so. come into my possession is a load of stuff from uh, Perry Miniatures, their uh, plastic stuff to of do course. a late 15th century French army. Um, um okay. And I've painted up the Swiss contingent because one of the reasons why I'm doing the French is you get Swiss in them and Swiss they look nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the army would be better without them, but um, yeah, they look cool. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got to say, the whole Perry miniatures, the way they design it and the way they do it, mm. really, really does work. Firstly, they just <laughs> they look mm. good. Yeah. Um, and secondly, like I bought a box of their mercenaries, which is basically mm. pike and crossbows. Yeah. A box of the foot knights. A box of um, War of the Roses. Infantry, which is halberdiers and mm. uh, longbows, which I need for the French, and a couple of boxes are mounted. So it yeah. works out like my Swiss pipe blocks and mainly the mercenaries. But yeah. um, for the front rank, I've taken some of the bodies from the foot knights, so yeah. they're fully armoured, and put on this sort of like Swiss pikey arms. Mm. And, and it's designed to do that, and it all looks good. So it's like the Swiss yeah. pipe blocks. The front rank's all in sort of like plate or three-quarter plate or full plate oh, and sort of like okay. towards the back they're all sort of like unarmored yeah. yeah so all the boxes kind of work together and yeah. doing the sort of so like you don't feel like you've because i always thought with that um mercenaries box there's the issue that there's only so many pike arms in it and you've got what 40 odd figures and you're going to end up with quite a lot of crossbowmen and stuff but um but you've found a way true. around that of but the way i found around that is um because i've the pikes, I needed two bases, and I put 12 yeah. on a base. Oh, okay. Um, and there, so weren't not many quite enough, there weren't quite enough pike to even do that. Yeah, okay. You're right. But with Swiss pike blocks, mm. a few of them should be wielding sort of like Lucerne hammers and stuff anyhow. It wasn't all pike. So I've got a couple of them in the middles. Yeah. Um, I've got one that's blowing and um, playing a drum. I've got one that's sort of like holding a standard. All of a sudden, mm. there's 24 figures. Um, okay. All right. Is that and, um, two, two mercenary boxes to get your 24 or um, just the one? Just one. Just um, one. And out of that, oh, I've got the two, I've got the 24 for the two bases of yeah. um, Pike. I've got a medium foot base of pole arms, mm. um, yeah, which is that. Yeah. part of the contingent. And then some um, light foot firearms. 
Yeah. And then I've no. got some spare crossbows left over as well for more skirmishes, or I might do a yeah. base of crossbows just cause. Yeah. So that's that one. Well, that's um, the one box plus about five figures from the foot okay. knights. And are they are they going to be in um, just picking a couple of colours at random here, mostly red and white? Is that the way it'll work? Um, one base is mostly red and yellow. Okay, right. which I believe is burn. Um, yeah. And the yeah. other, and they've got the burn flag, and the other base mm. is blue and light, which I think might be Uri. And they've Uri. got a okay. blue, white, blue and white flag. So yeah, I've done. Sort of like spoon I... that'll be good on that. Um, blue and white was. Could be Zug as well, and a couple of others. Can't remember. I'd go Zug because I think there were three which were blue and white, three which were red mm. and white. Mm. I mean, and the sort of like research red says, and yellow. Research says that there might have been a few times when everybody wore the livery, but it was usually just yeah. officers and musicians. But if we didn't wore games, figures bugger that. Yeah, that's what I, I did when I did my 15 mil Swiss Army. Mm. Yeah. But if you call them Zug, then you've got a little bit more um, um, Flash Gordon-esque about them, haven't you, as well? And you can go, <laughs> Gordon's alive, and or something like that, in a, in a kind of very... If I called him a Zug, then someone might think it's a battle group of Meg or something, and we're playing the yeah. wrong game. <laughs> a Zug, yeah, are you Zugging a Zug? Hugging a Zug, or something like that. That could be a weird one. Sands blue and white. Okay. Yeah. God, it's just... God, it's educational now this week as well. We, we'll have to stop this, won't we? Bloody hell. What I'm doing now... Calm down, is I'm just, Calm down fellas. It's like... that. Yeah. I'm just uh, clipping and gluing together the foot knights, which mm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to painting them because that's oh, going to yeah. involve mainly spraying them steel. And uh, yeah. that's about it. There that's might be it. a few more, bit of washing on and some bases, but I'm, yeah, they, they're mm. going to be done quite quickly. Okay. All right. But all cool. Good. All right. So Tamsin, um, I... I, I almost dare not ask. Um, since November, um, what are the highlights of the things that you've bought? Um, is there any, since anything? November, um, yep. very little. I've just a couple of thousand. No, um, no, no. no. I've Get actually in. the only the only figures I've bought. Yeah, it's a pre-order, so I haven't got them yet. Yes, Warlord Games announced the pre-order an expansion for Judge Dread to cover Block Wars. Okay, so I've got. Now is that I've in ordered, Warlord ordered that. Resin? I should be, is that in they, Warlord it gets Resin? released this month. But are, are they going to be in Warlord Resin? That's the question. It is resin, but mm. I don't know whether it's the old, mm. like the old softer resin. Yeah. Or the new, is... or the new. New, new one that they've yeah because i've seen stuff about this this about. new resin on on war games twitter um it's and hard, um, it's harder which is meant to be harder and you yeah. can you can actually file it rather than yeah, yeah which makes cleanup a bit easier yeah so do you know do you know any more about it than me because you're like someone who knows people and, and thinks about this thing whereas i just look for pictures of cats occasionally and um and stuff like that is that have you got any insight into it? any feedback on it or or is it just that, um, that i've seen, seen a cut i've seen a video on youtube oh, okay. okay you watched the video, somebody yeah. somebody test trying it was that the um, storm of steel guy or was that a different one no, no it was uh i'm not sure where he's based i think it's i think it's america i guy okay. sonic hedgehog oh sonic hedgehog right okay yep yeah, um, uh, he had a video. <laughs> yeah, we say like no, you know, obviously you have Sonic Hedgehog. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, it can't be Sonic Hedge, Sonic Screwdriver, is it? This is no, that's a different. One. Yeah, something. I, yes, him. I, I, I think we know. I think, what I mean. I think yeah. it's something like Sonic Hedgehog. He's got. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, what's uh, his name? 
it's Sonic yeah. something on, you, yeah, it on is, YouTube. Isn't it? Yeah, Sonic something hammer, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on YouTube, remember. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I he he did a re, did a quick review. Said, and mm. He said, "Yeah, it's better. Yeah, better than the soft stuff." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you have ever have any of the soft stuff? Yeah, any? almost all of the Judge Dredd's Oh, we're in the soft stuff. Has been oh, in that. Oh, I just assumed they were uh, metal each time we saw them. Yeah. It, What's that? Is that like Airfix in the nineteen seventies? Is it a little bit more than that? Um, yeah, it's a little bit like that. It. Yeah. It's both the old and the new new ones are, are firmer. They're thermoplastics. Yeah. So a bit like 3D printing material, but yeah. which it's is thermoplastic. Improved. And yeah, but it's just a different way of, do, uh, of, yeah. work, of doing it. Because I think I read an article about um, about somebody's experience. Um, oh, God, what was it? A, a games manufacturing company. Um, was it? Mias Miniatures or Fierce something. It, it was a name that I'd heard of that did some sort of fantasy type figures. And um, and the guy was uh, just sort of unloading. I think it was a blog post. He was just unloading about the problems he was having with a Kickstarter in which he designed this whole range of fantasy figures. And um, and they were going to be third party produced for him in in the Siocast material. Yeah. But in the time that he's been um, doing it, the... Um, <laughs> The Sirocast people have kind of, I think, um, they've sort of changed what they want and um, whether, you know, he was originally going to do a 3D printed master and then they said, actually, we need it metal, which suddenly gave him an extra bit in the manufacturing process and then means that the the shortcomings of metal suddenly do get transferred to the plastics that you end up casting. And, and it basically just sounded like, um, you know, I think this, this stuff is still a technology in development. Um, and it really reminds me of that, um, that I think is actually apocryphal. You know, can we all remember an episode of Tomorrow's World in which they spread jam on a CD and then wiped it off and put it back in the machine and played it when CDs were a new thing? Or is this Vaguely. just me? Yeah. I, and I've read, I've looked this up on Tinternet and apparently it never happened. Or there is no record of it, but everybody or lots of people remember seeing it. It's just I can I can see Judith Han or, or whatever they were, or, or probably somebody like that spreading jam on it and then wiping it off and putting it in the scene. And you go, ta-da! It works. And I wonder if this Siocast stuff is actually a bit like that, and it's kind of it's just a material and it's still being improved or changed or whatever. But it came with such a so much bloody marketing hype that people started thinking it was going to be magic and actually it's just something that's kind of a bit different really um and it but if you but if you take the piss with it like putting jam on a cd um it will it will not work because it's not a magic material at all i think it's one of the bits if you're doing searcast because of the way you you do the molding you Mm. either have to you have to have to sculpt the figures in a relatively flat pose yes yeah yeah so you just... get away with a right rifleman shooting yeah but you can have a rifleman going yeah like Hold... that yeah holding going it like that arms, or something like... arms both both out front that's great content for a podcast there yeah it is isn't it yeah <laughs> can't do a little bit of that got to do a little bit of that yeah exactly
but obviously that does bring me on to i'm not sure this was a purchase of mine between i think it's probably actually wasn't in november i picked these up in october end of october at the selwig show um when we were doing that competition but on the bring and buy i picked up one of those 15 mil army box sets of um the former corvus belli guys um yeah yeah in the in the Sirecast, and you know it's like a 45 quid box set i think they all started off at 35 quid and then the price crept up to almost the same price as metals but um you can't get those corvus belli figures as metals anymore they don't make them so they're quite nice so I, I've, I've always quite liked them so getting some nights for them was a, a cute thing and it was in the bring and buy for a tenner so um i think one of the advantages of Sirecast is clearly some people really don't like it at all. <laughs> we'll just get a shot of it when they see it, and you can are pick they, up some. Are they any good? Because I always liked Corvus Belli figures. They're always yeah. um, they're always they're always like chubby. Yeah, um, they're nice. They always and look cute. a bit yeah. cheeky, and I always yeah. like like them. Very characterful. Um, do yeah. they do they retain that Corvus well, Belli? No, you know, I've I've got the things painted up. They're um they look exactly the same. Um, okay. you know, they they really do. They're they're fine. I think there's a couple of the spears where um it's kind of you know it's thinned out like you might you can imagine plastic where it doesn't quite go to the end of the the whatever it is that you squirt plastic into if you're making a mold but only a couple i think the weird thing is though is because they're because they're bendy um they're still bendy and they don't um you know i've got a base of three knights here and i'm actually thinking i almost should have put them slightly closer together so i could glue them together as a block Mm -hmm. of three instead of having three cavalry because the you the fact they're glued to the base which would normally be the thing with metal figures um and then you could pick them up and you pick up the two on the outside you kind of hold the two on the outside but it sort of squeezes them in because they flex and i'm i'm wondering if there's going to be an issue with with paint flaking off or something like that um just because just because they bend but I don't know. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be coming off on the the spears, which kind of wobble around, and they they do move. Acrylic around, paint does sort of like can flex a bit as well because it is plasticky. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, most paint so flex do, a bit. Do you, have, do you need to wash them before you? I I didn't wash them. I just straight undercoated them. Um, okay. But but again, this is what I'm starting to think. You know, one of the things with I've seen with the Sirecast is people are, oh, we can paint them straight out of the packet, and then I'm looking back going. So was that more over-enthusiastic marketing bullshit as well? You know, like, there is no release agent that there is for some other types of um, resin figures or something. Um, they're just printed in this this material. But but still, you know, I wouldn't, because of the trying to get the colours to ping, these guys, I undercoated them in, um, I actually undercoated them in black and they did this azimuth spray. We're getting onto painting now in, um, in white to try and give me a, a whiter base for the, the paint colours. So I always undercoat stuff anyway from a painting. So I, I don't really know, but they seem to have taken the, the thing um, pretty well. The infantry look great, the cavalry look fine, but it's just the fact that they're, they're going to be wobbly when you pick them up, and the whole thing isn't rigid. So maybe they just need to be based in a slightly different way to, to glue them shoulder to shoulder, so they're a solid lump. Um, which, given their knights, they're pretty knee to knee anyway. Um, the other thing I'm wondering, and I have seen this once so far but that may just be you know this could happen with metal so it's only example of one is that the figures which the riders are glued onto the horses but again because they flex a little bit that may mean that the glue 
um, of sticking mm. the riders. The horse isn't as solid as if it's a solid metal figure on a solid metal horse. But, you know, that may be bollocks as well. I'm, I'm talking from a sample of one. So it'll be interesting to see how they um, they survive in battle, really. So so that was sort of one of my purchases. And then um, I think what, what else has there been? Um, the other bit that um, I've got at the Plymouth show um, fairly recently, I picked up some more of um, the little red three um one 144 scale 12 mil 10 mil world war ii bits because i um he brought out some new hannah mags with support weapons and i've already got six of the hannah mags in uh that i've done in a sort of three-tone german late war camo that i'm really pleased with so i've got now one with a pack 40 in it and i've got one with the um the short stubby support gun and i've got a little mortar um in the back of a, a 250 as well so they're almost ready to mat varnish at the same time as I do all these knights and, and other bits and pieces. Um, and then, oh God, actually just realised that as well. And then I've also picked up, which I saw on Instagram, the guy, um, I think it's actually Dan Mersey, the rules writer, I believe. Um, he's got this range of miniatures called Wiglaf, which are kind of um, dark age, proper Dark Ages stuff. That yeah, sort of 18 15 mil dark ages. Yeah, well, I saw these those are, last year. I've, I, so he was saying, oh, I've got some sets of them. Anybody want to buy them, you know, a pack of eight for a fiver or something? And I thought, well, yeah, I'll look at them. And I, so I got five a, a pack sent through Instagram. And they're fabulous figures. They really are amazing. Um, but they are 18 mil. You know, I think they're advertised as 18 mil. And they're 18 oh. mil for sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them next to... To what certainly next to these Corvus Belli infantry, um, you know, I'm knowing I'm looking and saying, well, I know which which one I put money on winning on in a fight, and um, and it's these Wiglaf infantry. Are they like the heroic size? Are they? Um, they're um, no, they're I think they're bigger because they're more properly wow. proportioned. But oh, that doesn't show at all. But they're properly proportioned, eighteen mil figures, um, really nicely animated. But I'm. I'm struggling to see which dark age range you'd mix them with unless you've got some, you know, big guys in amongst some of your other ones. They, um, next to my two dragons ones, they, they, they make the two dragons ones look about like dwarves, which, which isn't difficult to do with two dragon stuff. But, but yeah, so I've got one base of those now, um, as a, some sort of elite general unit of something, which was, um, which was one of my other purchases. So just trying to think, and we go around. So Andy, do you want to, um, round us off with your, your last several months of shopping? Yeah, um, I bought some stuff from the Museum Miniatures January sale because you, you feel you have to, or else you're missing out. Isn't it? Yeah. So I, I've bought some Macedonian pike guys to repurpose and basically have a bunch of Macedonian pikemen who all look consistent. Okay. And uh, so I've got some of them with their pikes at 75 degree angle, some at 60, some at 90. So you get a kind of cascade effect as they, mm. yeah. Uh, apart from that, I've bought a couple of, I also bought a few of their light cavalry crossbow because I needed them for the um, uh, Burton show. And yeah. um, uh, that's basically it. It's one or two little bits and bobs, but nothing really exciting at the moment. Okay. All right, so just just like filling in um, and bits and pieces. Then, so are you, yeah. Are oh no, you sorry, I did buy. For... Well, actually, it's not quite not quite clear whether I bought it or Ruth bought it. it I've got a um, particularly special numbered birthday coming up this weekend, and um, Ruth said, "Well, I'll buy you some figures." So I bought 
Simon's old um, late Renaissance army. Okay. And then said to Ruth, right, you know, this, this is what it costs. And she says, well, you owe me money for stuff I bought at the weekend. So I'll knock off, I'll knock off what you owe me. Thing. So I ended up buying, buy, buying an army for myself from her and I still owed her money. And if someone could explain to me the economics of how that works, I'd be very grateful. Have you ever met your wife before? It's like, I, yes. I don't think the rest of us have got any puzzle about that at all. That sounds entirely credible and believable. Well, the way I met her I've got a bridge a I need odd. to sell you as well, I think. It's a no, um, well, I mean, I suppose I should have known better. I mean, we did actually yes. meet at an airport where she dropped a suitcase on my foot. Yes, indeed. That, and, and it's all been um, wheeling uphill by then. So um, <laughs> all right. well, look, on that um, airport foot dropping note, I think that's that's time to move on from our shopping section. This means war. OK, well, look, we're now into um, a section that even as we sit here thinking about this, because uh, we're out of practice at, at, at doing all this stuff, we suddenly realise may well be. Um, let me tell you, I just painted what I told you I just bought. Um, possibly that might be the new title for it, but maybe someone's dragged something else up out of um, out of the footlocker of um, of wargaming stuff to to bring in to see what the the painting highlights and from a what maybe it's a what new techniques or anything new that you've done painting wise. Um, that you've learned and um adam yeah go on start us with um your, your th- in fact t- almost minutes ago you were telling you you're going to spray something silver and you'd be done but have you done that in the meantime or or, or is there other stuff to talk about no i haven't i just thought um because because it's uh good for a podcast i just thought i'll show you the painted figures that i've done we were talking about swiss pipe blocks yes and you were right there's not en- there's not enough pikes in it to have a full pipe block for two bases of 24 figures okay so i just sort of show you um not so much the painting but how that works out so this is um this is one yep. of them if you can see that so there's a couple of chaps in there yeah i'm um, couple of chaps in there with hammers and a flag um and here's the uh other ones mm-hmm. so together that looks quite like quite, quite good. Does quite good. So how um, did you, given they've got, um, you know, quite a lot of metal, I guess, in, in that look, but then they've also got white and yellow um, and we could probably do a whole series on yellow. Um, how, did, what was your base coat, undercoat thing? Um, did you? This entire army, I'm going with a black undercoat, okay. um, which does make yellow somewhat, um, problematic yeah um but i get right ra- that um by two things firstly my attitude and my attitude is um i want to paint them so they look good enough for somebody that doesn't do toy soldiers will go oh wow that looks impressive okay. so um i i've given up on the idea of building up subtle shades of colors i say i've given yeah. up i never had it anyhow but now yeah. i've sort of like now i've come to terms with i never with, will yeah with your incompetence yeah um and the second thing i um do with yellow is i always i'm um, on top of the black base um i paint yeah. a layer of sand which has got quite sand. good coverage and i put um yellow over the top of that so um again i'm not sure um the, and back's probably the best i'm not sure if you can see that but the yellows actually came out quite bright okay mm, yeah um, so is that does that get the tamsin seal of approval as a technique going with with sand yeah, on black that's what that's what i do over black wow yeah Okay. Um, it's kind of cool. And white, it just gets a cream base before I put, um, well, I don't use white, I use ivory um, over the top. Yeah. 
Oh, um, nice. I, yeah, I the, the colour I put underneath yellow, I, I when in fact going over black primer, I depends on, on sort of what sort of shade of yellow I'm after. I might do mm -hmm. yellow oak, I might do tan yellow. Yeah. Yeah, it's even, like even, I, even, using... even flesh colours can be good. For, okay. my, for my technique, um, I'm mainly after the shade uh, that's yellow. Um, yeah. So it's sand with um, yellow on top. Um, right. I suppose there's two different attitudes towards painting toy soldiers there. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Good. Okay. So how have you um, how have you been? Buying, it, it, are you kind of suddenly going, this is brilliant. I'm motoring now. I'm going to do like loads more. Or is it just like, oh, it's a bit of a drag? You yeah, know, no, I have. It's a while since you've done them. I haven't actually painted for about a year. I had about a yeah. year off. Um, and yeah. the last batch I did was um, the uh, the uh, medium foot and the skirmishes for this. Um, and yeah. I did them in about a week. Um, wow. run okay. and I did them about a week and I quite enjoyed it. It's like, that's good. So having a break is hmm. if it's starting to get to be a bit of a dragon troll, because it was, it was a case of, oh, God, yeah. do that batch. And then, oh, Oh, yeah. geez, do I have to? And I just sort of like stopped halfway through a batch. Hmm. Um, so yeah, having having a break, um, I, I would recommend it if it's getting boring. Because um, okay. now I'm like, as as you can see, I'm here doing my next batch, and uh, as we speak, some are waiting yeah. to be under under coated. So yeah, sometimes a rest is good for you to reignite the enthusiasm. Right. Okay. Well, um, yeah, that that does sound um, like it applies in many areas of life, I suspect. So. Uh -huh. um, Yes, but we won't go into that. That's another different podcast in our um, in our series, I think, somewhere in a different um, different parallel universe. Okay, so all right, and so Dave, what um, I presume there's stuff that you've been painting that's because you were still doing some enormous project for someone else, weren't you? Are there any oh, painting techniques or bits and pieces that have, have the, come onto your palette over the last few months? The Williamite army has been finally finished and was hand the last basis of uh I, I reckoned when we were at Burton I realized I must be the world's largest producer of 15 millimeter dragoons on bases well, <laughs> they dragoons do do become countless numbers don't they for sure they so that, that's all done yeah. and dusted but I've got new more to do to add for that I've got Ming Chinese yet to go but that's going to be interesting oh God, are they is that another one you're doing for someone else then yeah, if it's all oh, the same. Wow. Okay. There's a few more colours, though, isn't it? I guess he's given me sort of some research books to carry. I've had to carry back as well, which has got to be interesting. Oh, wow. I always like reading okay. stuff. On, yeah. Yeah. Um, good. Good resource. <laughs> I good resource on. There's a blog. I think it's called Ming Military. Is it the dragon? Ming Military. Wow. Is this yeah. the uh, Flash Gordon episode? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ming the military. I've got a big hardback, Soldiers of the Dragon. I've got to read. Yeah. It sounds like people who do blogs and books. It sounds like a lot of people who do blogs and books. stuff in books is Tough. actually wrong. <laughs> yeah. Not unusual. Yeah. So it's one co colour to avoid on Ming figure, on Ming Ming yeah, soldiers. Like white okay i thought you're not allowed to use yellow for chinese isn't it no that's a little bit racist dave we don't do that oh, no, but no no there was somebody that. said i i because i painted all my ancients hmm. or is it blue or something i don't know is there some dye they didn't have historically you mean exactly which we always assume they were using 
Hmm. You always think they're, they're red and yellow or something. Anyway, blah blah blah. But then the yeah, other thing but is... avoid white because that's that's funeral colour in in China. Yes, yes, always has ah. been. Okay, all right. Oh, that's when you say always has been. Is that as far back as Han and? Like... I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the opposite of Western using black for mourning. They use white. Cool. Okay. All right. So you've been. Apart from that, it's been Vikings, 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 Vikings. Vikings are all painted, all based, ready to go. So how uh, did yeah? So with Vikings, because it's that classic European Dark Age, and and there's you know, certainly I always found when you're doing a big army like that, there's a point at which you realise I'm painting all these little buggers brown. And how do I make them? How do I make them more interesting without making them ridiculous? So, what was your, where was I, your I, balance I've on that? Quite a quite a few different. What I when I started off, I you know with everybody with paints, you start off with all the brights, blues, yellows, reds, and all that. And gradually over the years, I've muted down. So I've got a lot of the Vallejo German World War Two colours. Okay, yeah. So you get this sort of like um, yep. middle stone and. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Blue yeah. and so they're all sort of grey blues. Yeah. So that's what Chocolate. I use. Yes, yeah, oh. ochre sort of colours, and yeah, that gives you the variation. So you can you can actually sit there and paint a guy in three shades of brown and, and ochre, and yeah. it actually works quite good. And then well, that I, I suppose the uniforms were all designed by Hugo Bosch, wasn't it? Or, or not Bosch, exactly, no. Bosch, and um, <laughs> even the Oakley oh. stuff. It's like yeah. The, the trouble with Vikings is actually determining which ones are the. Yeah. I mean, it, it's always like saying, "Oh, like the ones with the axes are the Puskals, uh, and the ones yeah. with the swords and spears are yeah. the warriors." But for someone who doesn't know the figures you're sitting there with, it's yeah. What I've ended up with putting flowers on the Huskal bases to say, "Right, mm. that's a Huskal." Yeah, um, but uh, the, the forged in battle are really good because they've got this like base of Vikings with um trophies with with okay bits. so there's guys with ducks and there's guys with bags and things it's it's they look really great i love them yeah. to bits. Nice. so i mean we'll, we'll move on to that because we'll talk about that when we get to burton but they're, they're yeah. going they're going to northern france now they're going to northern france soon go and invade okay. their homeland yeah Okay, well, look, I'll um, I'll, I'll take my life in my hands and um, and move over to Tamsin, um, in terms of your highlights from from November onwards. Which I think you you may have just muted yourself. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. It was um, oh, winter pictures. Yeah. Oh, we're into pictures. There's lizard people. I can see. All right. Yep. So, so this is the highlight. The lizard. Wow. T- no, it's not a highlight. I not well. It's one off. Yeah. I think so. As always, I'm taking part in the Analog Hobbies painting challenge and first entry with some clicks for 2000 I for Judge Dread. Yeah. Lovely. Followed <laughs> by, uh, you remember I printed the Judge Dread bust at different sizes. This was for okay. 50% size, which I did black and white. I, so this one's you... in your hallway then, isn't it? And it looks like it's blocking the door to the lounge, possibly that sort of size. Is that the one? No, no it's, it's only about four inches tall. Okay, all right. Perspective's weird. Yeah. So is that, that painted black and white rather than black and white? Yeah, photo? that's painted oh, black that's and white. Cool. That's really did that, cool. Did that because this year on on the challenge, I the thing 
theme map is film studios. Yeah. So I did okay. that for the black and white studio. And oh, that's neat. Uh, finally got around to finishing uh, some German AFEs. And what scale are these? Um, well, Those are 28 what, millimeter. 128 mil. Okay. Wow, is that airbrushed? Partly airbrushed. Are you using those um, weathering powders? No, not on that. Okay. I, I did the sort of dusting on that. I did, did. I did actually do using an airbrush. Okay. All right. Just fit. I. Get I always the, keep looking get at weathering a dusty powders. Dusty coloured paint. Very. I thin. always keep looking at weathering powders and think, oh, I wonder what the <laughs> hell they are and if they're. But you know, if I, have you, I have you. I have you. I have used weathering powders to make out. Okay. And I did a couple of. Couple of pulp figures, adventurers, yeah, yeah, baddies with all Fem that three female cowboy, yeah, some 15 oh. millimeter Numidian light horse for the yep. Romans. That's so enough, isn't it? Roman Romans. cavalry, those look like Lancashire Games guys by the looks of it, yeah, they are. I'm guessing, yeah, uh, some, some Germanic cavalry, yeah, is that Germanic nice. or Gallic? Uh, I, I don't Gallic think Cavalry. from um, I don't think with this audience there's any difference really, is there? Yeah, it's Gallic sure without Cavalry. discerning. Yep. <clears throat> These are Gallic Cavalry. Okay. Yep. Nice bit of stripiness. Uh, some 1980s Citadel Drow figures. Okay. Arkells. The, the Arkell Drows. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, massive Rubik's cube. Yeah, there's <clears throat> studio. Uh, one of the studios was described as Arts House, so I decided. Take that yeah. literally and did paint it up a crate. It's, it's okay. four by two, four inch by two by two crate. Mondrian. Is that Mondrian? Mondrian. Oh, look at, yeah. Yeah, look at that. Mondrian. You get all your culture here, don't you, on this podcast? Yeah. It's like, yeah. That was that was a bucket of paint. <laughs> yeah, that does mildly. look um, more challenging than than some things for sure. Yeah. Yep. Especially on a 3D print when yep. with all the layer lines. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you made that. Uh, some judge, some more Judge Dread figures. This time, sort of Wally Squad undercover judges. Okay, so yeah, that's probably deep point, undercover. Simping detectives, mm. Dirty Frank, and Amy Nixon. Mm. Okay, and another sort of pulp adventurous. Yep, There's plenty in there. Yeah, yeah. we're rocking through. So, another um, Judge Dread. Seventy-five percent scale, so six-inch tall Dread okay. bust. Yeah, same. Well, right, same bust, but larger color. In colour. <laughs> and in colour. Yep. No, that's good. There he is looking from the front. Tim, you ought to commission Tamsin to do the trophies for Brixham. Yeah, no, no, I, I need to keep them terrible for Brixham. Just show yep. the scale of the two busts against yeah. the 28mm figure. That's Yeah, that's starting to be a serious amount of resin in a 3D printer. That must have taken you like a week to uh, do or something. That looks like well, your version that, of the Rushmore. For Tamsin. printing, I, the tall one was about 18-hour print. Wow. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, does, hours. that does need to speed 18 up. 18 hours print. to print. Blimey. So I was doing it on so a fairly fairly low layer, layer yeah. height. Yeah. Uh, most recent, a hobgoblin. Right. Uh, was that not, not pint of beer? That's a little hobgoblin. <clears throat> yeah. Again, a sort of early a, early 80s citadel. Yeah. Retro figures. And I've also been finally got around to starting work on that 28mm spaceship. Okay. Have a spaceship. Yeah. So it's most got the interior details done and sort of the end plate yeah okay yeah the engines out the back and stuff like that yeah something yeah so actually while, while we're on this subject of spaceships um question for you all is drummer the best character on um on on the expanse by far or is it um amos because i, I can't decide between Ooh. the two 
Drummer. Drummer's just great, isn't it? Drummer. Just, I, so drummer. But, but Amos. Uh, someone who's okay, been I, reading books. I hmm. like I like the English actor who plays the the pirate type. Well, okay. David Strathairn. Yeah, because I like all their their made up South African. Yeah. Lang yeah. weird pirate talk they have. Yeah, but you know, but, but, but drummer or Amos is such I a difficult question. No, no, like no. choosing your favorite <sighs> child. It's like what the Ashwin are you not talking about? Belter Creole slang, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's a complete mix of languages. It's not no, it's just South amazing, African. It? Yeah. It's yeah, really Russia, Russian, yeah. French, Spanish. Yeah. Simon, I'm I'm assuming you know all about this as well, or you? Yeah, it's just Adam then. And um, so right, the Expanse is on Amazon Prime and it's the best sci-fi thing there is. It's like real um, proper politics and all the rest of it. And it goes on for a hundred series and it's based on books. And it's just really, 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 really good. Apart from about the first four or five episodes where there's some cheesy nonsense with a, you know, noir detective with a funny hat that you've just got to punch your way through that. And by the time you get to about episode five or six, it's just suddenly into it and it's bloody brilliant. Okay, I'll give it a go. But I must say, I do like noir detectives and I quite like funny apps, so I might even well, enjoy no, that. No, you bit. might be straight in then. You'll yeah, be it's got port, yeah. it's port pie hat. Port pie hat. Yeah, it starts, really starts off trying to be cyberpunk and it realises very quickly it shouldn't be and goes into space opera. Space opera politics, yeah. But the well, best I, bit... It's a, it actually follows the books yeah, very well. Is the old pirate guy when he starts singing his stupid sea shanties. Yeah, there's pirate guys singing sea shanties. So, Adam, you've got a lot yeah, to look forward to. Yeah, that, that character and drummer yeah. are completely different from how they are in the books. Yeah, oh, that's a shame. Oh, well, that's good. Well, look, so maybe we've got a future thing of, um, Adam, tell us what we already know happened in um, the episodes of The Expanse then. <laughs> That's a possibility, isn't it? Yeah, because okay. you say the pirate guy <laughs> singing sea shanties, the noir detective in a funny hat sounds more interesting to me, but I suppose I'll find out. It's all worked together into, um, <clears throat> yeah, into one great I, story. So the detective in, in the hat, first two, ser- first two seasons. First two series, yeah. And then we won't tell you First two seasons, anymore, and then we'll comes back and forth. No, we, will tell, we won't tell so you So just... Zoom, zoom, finish it, yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, we just need you to answer the question, drummer or Amos, who is your favourite okay. child? That's that's the real thing. Maybe we should put a vote on the uh, website or something. Um, right. OK, then let's look around. Um, Simon, what what about you? You've clearly been painting. Um, you, you said you painted a bit. But is there any stuff that you were kind of lagging along that had um, been painted as well? Or has your main effort been, oh, my God, I'm painting 28 mil ancient um people that I've had to glue together. Well, I'm currently enjoying painting the um, 25 mil ancient Greek uh, Greek guys. So yeah. having a bit of fun trying to um, paint the, the cavalry with like um, trying mm. to do the on the horse blankets and all that, make them a bit more interesting at 25 yeah. mil. So they've been good fun. So this is Got this being a kind of effectively a whole new army at a sort of newish scale with a complete set of figures that you bought in one. Have you gone right this is a chance to try some something different painting wise because this will be a coherent army or have you just kind of gone let's roll roll with what i normally do um you approached it differently at all i'm using a combination of the um contrast paints yeah they've they've been quite interesting so try and do that trying to do things like um so i've got some gripping beasts generals to make the generals Mm. really obvious 
So they've got quite a lot of detail around the horse yeah. guarding of it. So I've gone to try to go the effort of highlighting those and giving them some different contrast or paints. So when I say contrast, I mean use white paint. Yeah. Um, yep. Just to try and light that up. Um, and try to get you know, the um, golden bangles and all that of the armor and all that all lit up mm. and uh, a bit more interesting and then doing doing different shades on the blankets and all that just to make it especially at 25 mil say a little bit different um are you, are you, are you kind of mixing not not literally mixing the paint but are you mixing some of the figure with contrast paints and some of the figure with normal paints or are you going contrast paints for the horses because they work well and normal paints for the others or because contrast can using, be a bit definitive I'm using, can't a mixture of, I'm using a mixture yeah. of both so example here I've got some I think these are the warlord miniature um, yeah. old Roman legionnaires the plastic mm. ones so a majority of it is done in the um, just classic paints like you know, red silver yep. and all that yep. but then say I've got one of the um, Aquitas um, mm. you know, I've, got a, I've got a big metal banner with the um, yeah. wolf, wolf hat on top of his head yeah, so I've done the contrast paints for that for the for the browns and all that. Yeah, the, and, um, the fur it works really well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then on the mountains, I've got like you know the reds and the greens and blues. They're all contrast paints to give it a different color. Okay. Then other yep. ones I've just used more simplistic and their uh, colors. And then the army uh, army painter soft mm. soft wash. Okay, That's basically a level of paint. Right. Okay. So it's it's basically you're using the the soft tone to make normal flat paints have that same depth as, mm, as contrast yeah. paints do straight out of the box so everything is now about um paint paint generated shading rather than um um painting layers in the, in the way that tamsin does i guess yeah i've tried to do the way tamsin and dave does the the layering and to say they needed stripping afterwards was a slight understatement so right. i've realized <laughs> okay. my level of skill that i'm very much like a madam was thinking for his swiss I just want three a three foot rule, so that they look you yep. know, decent on mass and all that. That's the level I can go for. I'll defer yep. to the experts for the high quality, for the for the layering and stuff like that. Okay, all right. This means war. Um, I'm just trying to think who else we've um Andy, have we come to you yet? Is it um no. on, on painting? Well let's let's come to you. And um has has your wife charged you for any painting that you've done? Um mostly not yet. Can't see outsourced it to you and then then recharged you and, and you end up out of pocket. No, it's only it's it's it's, it's only when it comes to presents. So uh, stuff I buy okay. myself. No, Those rules don't apply. Um <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I've been painting fairly sporadically. I mentioned that many of the, the stuff I painted recently. Um, I'm currently painting a load of World War II uh, 10 mil figures from Pendragon, which I bought at uh, Selwig, hmm. not really not really realising I already had them until I found some in the cupboard. So I've now okay. got shed loads of them. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, and I guess you do that, need um, shed loads for some rule sets. It was when we um, had a go at playing O group and realised that you needed like 27 bases for an infantry formation or something like that was quite well no quite i've actually played a few few games of old group recently i quite liked yeah. it yeah no i think there's definitely definitely stuff in there you I, need I a lot of terrain to... for it um yeah but in terms of the number of figures it's not huge it's not huge okay you need about 27 to 30 bases yeah. including bits like commanders and um yeah 
forward officer, observation officers and things like that. But uh, um, I, I've been reasonably impressed with it. I've, had, I've enjoyed playing it. Yeah, and I, I think the first couple of times I played it, I, I struggled to work out the difference between when you use the normal command chits and when you use the those extra bonus sort of CNC's command chits. Yeah, no, there is, a, there is there is it is a different mindset to yeah. Right, let's just turn up, put the figures on, and push them around a bit. Yeah. You need to sort of kind of think as a proper commander, think what well, what is yeah. my plan? Yeah, where am I putting people, and not just stack them high and throw them forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think I was saving up all the the generals command. Or the, yeah, the I think yeah, we tend to be the same because they they make a difference to your initiative. And if you win the initiative, you get yeah. a free, uh, you know, ordinary order anyway. Okay, all right. So it was correct because I just sort of found by the end of it, I was keeping them all, and then I was like, "And isn't there a point I should be spending these?" But um, I don't know. Maybe I need to have another. Well, I do need to have a few more. Well, you got the tension really. and think, well, you know, is it? Yeah. Is it the? Am I going to get the payoff for, for 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 using one of my orders now? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and and that's the judgment that is the skill in the rules, I guess. Or the, the skill well, part of it, yes. I mean, obviously, yeah. it, it can go horribly wrong. But uh, the yeah. the I've only played about three or four games, so I wouldn't yeah. class myself as an expert. But yeah. um, the actual mechanics of you know how do you shoot, how do you move, and mm. how do you test morale and stuff that actually yeah. works very easily. Okay, no, no, that bit does. Yeah, it's really. Um, I think that's really good. It was just how to use the order system properly, which I, I think just must come through experience. Okay. And in terms of painting, then, any, any techniques and things that you've picked up or added to the repertoire over the last few months or given different stuff a try? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm, 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 the jury's kind of out on these contrast paints. I'm, I'm not, I, I think some of them are a bit weak and watery. And I'm not entirely comfortable with the effects I get with some of them. Um, and also mm. on small figures, are you really going to see the contrast? Yeah, that's yeah. my. Yeah, I think if you if you you know for for what Simon's doing when you're doing twenty five mil figures where you can spot the things properly, yeah, I think there's, the there's more of a yeah. value in doing it for those than for yeah. fifteen or ten mil figures. Yeah, no, I think that's a reasonable. Um, that's a reasonable. Say that, but I've mm. seen good results down on two millimetre figures using the contrast paint. Two millimetre? Yep. Dave, it's the new rock and roll. It's, it isn't, is it, are they the, um, yeah, the it's, it's then It's just one coat for the, uni, for the uniform. Yeah. And you get, you can get the dark, you can, you can actually, if you use right, right paints, mm. it depends how, it depends how much contrast there is in the contrast paint or speed paint. Yeah. I tried using the, the darkest shadow and the highest yeah. bit. I tried but... using contrast paints on my hair roller armies, and that didn't work too well because it all just sort of like slid off no. to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the legendary hair roller armies. Yeah, okay, all right. So yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I suppose. Well, uh, but again, it, it's it's another thing that it's not bloody magic, is it? It's not gonna. It's horses for courses. It's just another thing in the repertoire. That's it. That's the way it works, I guess. Um, right. Well, I guess in terms of um, my painting since, since November, God, that's quite some time ago, isn't it? Um, so I guess I the big thing, a lot. But yeah, I think the, the big thing was um, finally biting the bullet and painting that Spartacus army that um, I, I only finished very recently that I had waiting in the to do pile since summer 2019 when I kind of won it in a raffle, uh, oh. um, a competition in Rome. I'd never really got around to, to painting it. I bought, I think, another couple of units of P 
people to pad it out a bit but it was just a lot of um peasants so so i because it was a discrete army that isn't gonna morph into anything else it's always just going to be this i don't need the figures to be compatible with anything else i kind of decided to try and paint them in a slightly different way and see if i could do it um so i undercoated them all black and then i tried a, a tamsin thing of a azimuth spray of white from above that was supposed to uh, yeah exactly was supposed to pick out all the um the highlights and make it make the contrast paint really work better but i didn't have an airbrush i tried to do it with a spray can and um frankly it didn't work so i ended up with the sort of azimuth-ish effect but i ended up with a lot of kind of gray figures really that um the lower parts of them were darker than the higher parts of them so it was sort of halfway there but so i, I had to enhance the highlighting with some white um sort of dry brushing or damp brushing or whatever before yeah. i then threw contrast paints at them um and i bought some extra contrast congratulations paints get... you've discovered slap chop slap chop yeah i discovered so well i knew slap chop before actually but i didn't expect i thought the asthma spray would do slap chop for me but i had to do it because the asthma spray was a bit shit because i didn't have an airbrush is is the long and, and the short story version of that yeah, e yeah. even with an airbrush you Stu, sort of satchel or more properly, Grisaille. Grisaille, yeah, exactly. That's the new the new rock and roll. Um, so I, I did... you know, you do need to still do still need to pick out bits with yeah. with a dry brush. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But but I brought a whole set of, or I bought some more GW contrast paints in sort of more toned down colours because I'd got some. Most of mine were quite bold, so I had a, a range of slightly more toned down colours that I used on nearly all of the um the peasants but my big thing was actually doing my first ever army with proper sort of four point five point faces which I'd never done before I'd always been freaked out by faces and I'd always tried and it looked shite um so this time I did it I painted the faces and the hands brown in fact I used um contrast dark oath flesh as the brown and then I got a magnifying glass um on a little funny arm and um and looked at it from kind of close up and um and did a little bit across the forehead nose two cheeks chin on all these little guys and um it was it was a pain in the ass given that i normally just paint them pink and just use a wash to try and do all that stuff for me but it looked really cool <laughs> and i'm now like doing that terrible thing where you look at all the other 30,000 figures that you've got and go, should I go back and do faces on all of them? Would that it be makes possible? a big difference. It does. It does. It's a very oh. different style. It really, really is. And I'm like going, should I go back? And he could, no, there's thousands of the little bastards. I can't, that, my life's too short to do that. But, but I think it going also, forward. It also gives you a purpose for paint. If you, this is yeah. a technique which I've learned yeah. read about yeah. years ago. You paint, block in the paint, yeah. then do the face. Yeah. Then you actually identify with the figure more. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And want to paint it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, there's some like the little chubby chaps. There's some Strategia Nova, this really obscure Italian manufacturer who was at the Worlds in Rome in, in 2019. Um with these really cute range of 50 mil. And they've got great faces. Well, they've got big heads and great faces, really detailed. And you know you can see the hair on the kind of the Celtic ones and things like that in in bunches down the side of them. They're a, they're a real hoot these little guys. So um so I did really enjoy doing that. 
but whether I will go back to all of my other ancient armies and add faces to them because they're already done and they're, they're all ranked up and it'd be just nonsense I, I doubt very much but that was kind of the the big big project and having a a whole Spartacus army with with a few different little options but not too many I didn't go too crazy this time um all sits there and I'm really really chuffed with it I just need to to decide what when I take it wheel it out to something that where it will be fun but um I won't get <laughs> my ass kicked with it too much because I think it I've, is still pretty rubbish I've had to fight against one of those armies and they are yeah. a bit of a pain because I just go yeah. wide and you just push into the soft bits of the opponent yeah. so they're not necessarily bad to play with no, I, th I think they, you know, but I've used the um, the People's Crusade, which is the other version of it, or you know, the, or the same sort of impetuous peasant army. But I think the weird thing is, I think the impetuous, the People's Crusade is better because it's got four medium knights in it in the list. So I'm looking at Spartacus, going, this is a substandard version of a fundamentally substandard list I've already played with that's better than this one. Um, <laughs> but equally, now they they've got lovely little faces. Time. They'll all, they'll all be good. I'm toying with taking it to roll call, but I'm not sure I will. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then the other bit is these guys who are the, the, um, the plastic ones um, from from that box set. That no, it's not going to show either, really. But um, not in this light, I don't think. On oh, oh, this one, is that better? No, still not. But I've I've done these in a very different. Well, I've done faces on them, of course, because that's my new thing now. But I've done them in a very different style, so they're barded knights and i've done them in a bold colors it was picking up some stuff from i think i was playing chris Tafalos in the one day in manchester in november sometime like that and he had some knights i think they might have even been these figures that were bold colors in just quarters on the horse barding and then i think he put the the knights and the shielding and the shields didn't necessarily match with the horse barding um, so the livery on the shields is sometimes different to the delivery on the barding. And I was like looking at the pictures of the game thinking that looks a bit weird, but it looks quite striking because if you have the barding and the shields the same, which is clearly sensible and right, um, but it can make them look a bit monochrome, you know, or one one color. Mm. And, and so having a slightly different shield to to the barding gives them a little bit more interest um, and you don't quite notice what's wrong until you look at it for a long period of time. And you go, oh, he's got a different shield. He's got blue and white shield and purple and white horse barding. And, you know, maybe he fell off or something and had to hitch a ride or, or they swapped horses, I don't know, just for fun. So that's been um, been the other kind of big-ish project. There's like 20, 21 nights and I've got some cute little mixed um mixed spearmen and crossbowmen infantry that i tried to do a 15 mil version of tony rodwell's amazing 28 mils from from plymouth as well um to do to copy one of his shield patterns so that's been my kind of two main projects over the over the last few months all all small scale stuff but really kind of trying new new paint techniques really which um some of which i'm i'm quite pleased with and i think i'm going to stick with going forwards so um, in terms of going forwards, let's go forwards to the next break. This means war. This means war. So um, we're into the, um, 
games you've played, competitions. And unfortunately, given this was since November, we were just um, doing a recollection there in the musical interlude. And um, and I think there's been about 842, which we're going to struggle to fit into 20 minutes. Um, so maybe it's a question of of some of the highlights. Um, so, Adam, you you ran a tournament recently um, and very well promoting too. it and promoting it on this podcast. And, yeah, um, it was. Um, it was. It was. It was lovely, really, wasn't it? It was. Um, it was quite relaxed. Um, I'd, it was only only thirty people, which um, for this historical is isn't it? Yeah. thing, yeah, Beachhead in Bournemouth for historical thing. It was the largest one there. Um, and next year, I'm going to see if I can get more people to come by doing more to advertise it. Advertise it than mention not on this podcast once. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it was just nice because everyone turned up. They played nicely. It was fun games. I didn't get to play because there were an even amount of people. But it was just like really easy and really, really relaxed. So well, I, I actually thought the Beachhead show had a, um, an, a better mix of traders for us historical fans this year than it did the previous yeah. year as well. It was really developing into a, a proper thing, isn't it? You know, with mm-hmm. good footfall on certainly on the Saturday um, as well. It seemed seemed a pretty good event. Yeah, no, all round it was. Um, I think it's it's now it's it has now become one of the sort of standard items yeah. on the calendar, which is always good. Yeah, which is good. And um, so I think so, Dave. You must have played at it because you played at them all. How did you do? Um, right, it's been so many competitions. Beachhead. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm trying to remember which one was chariots. Which. Chariots, it was. No, no. I'm, I, so I use you. Tiny little chariots. Yeah, yeah. I use grits. No, did I? Yeah, I use grits. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I used Ugrit and I stole Rafa's version, but moulded mm. it slightly. Um, I was doing quite well at the end because I ended up playing Mike Bennett in the final game, mm. who just ran away to make sure he won the competition. Oh, he got a draw out of you. He, he I, I got a fight. winning draw. I got a winning draw. Okay. But I, I think I did all right. Yeah. Did, Andy, did, you came ahead of me. And I think Andy, did, I did you get a trophy at that one? Yes, I did. Yeah. And I was allowed to put it in the living room. Quite wow. <laughs> hey, more. how did that happen? How did what, how, how much were you charged for that? Yeah. Well, well, Adam's got better trace than you when it comes to trophies, but I understand there's yeah. a theme going on with the um Brixham one, so I won't be too yeah. rude about it. Um, no. but yes, I mean, I I used Hebrews, I had four wins out of five. The one I didn't win was against Mike Bennett, and uh, I lost that one with about three minutes to go, but I had deployed badly, so I can't really complain too much. Okay. I All remember right. what happened to me. I lost the first game to an absolute newbie. You did, didn't you? It yes. was his you first surfed all the way up. Yeah. And well um, I, 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 I was dreadful. I flank marched. My flank march never came on. <laughs> and, and I had to inform him that my, my army had collapsed and he was in yeah. shock at his first competition to play something <laughs> do that. Brilliant. That, that, was, that was a good highlight. That was a good That's highlight. That's good. Excellent. So, Andy, you, um, we, we mentioned Brixham there. So um, I had the, the great honour of handing you um, one of Brixham's near legendary dreadful trophies. <laughs> Um, I think from um, was that 15s or 25s? So was it 25s? 25. So, how did you? So, two trophies in two events, and yes, in well, in uh, yes, I, 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 I used a feudal English and I, I came second. I had um, three wins and one draw and one mm. defeat, yeah, and um, only beaten by Mr. Allen in terms of wow. overall points. So, that was good, okay. um, and then um, I I was joint second, narrowly ahead of you, I think, at the Oxford one. Yes, no, I was I was fourth in Oxford. So, um, yeah, I think you may be. Yeah, there was two people in joint second. So, I yeah, was Harrison fourth. was the other one. Yeah, 
a lot. So oh, you've actually picked up three trophies then in in yeah, since we last kind of well except ex- except at Oxford the trophy was you got your money back which was yeah. never a bad thing. Well, you know, uh, compared to the Brixham trophy, that's um, yeah, but uh, that's probably you know, a win, isn't and it? No, 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 normal service kind of kicked in at um, Burton, so no okay. trophy, no podium finish, but we still had fun and won two out of four, so that's not too bad. Yeah. And the one the one I lost was to Richard Case, so that doesn't really count like a defeat anyway, because Richard always yeah. beats everyone. Yeah, exactly. That's all. all so, how did you do in uh, Bournemouth, then, Tim? Um, I I think um, yeah, nobody else is here. I think I ended up winning in the twenty-five mil period after mm. after you forced me not to play with the twenty the fifteen mil um, Hittite army that I was hoping to use, which was sort of a salvage job of the last knockings of Clive's two sheds. It was just a must have been a DBMM army that um, was just unusable. It was just completely broken, but um, it. Uh, you know there were loads of bases with no chariots no wheels nothing and i had to buy extra chariots off um essex and and rebuild the entire army and i was this was going to be the time it was going to get used but there was um odd numbers in both periods and i'd offered to float so i ended up having to use a, a slightly tweaked version of my assyrian army which is my 28 mil one with the, the wallpaper on on the chariots and um i'd used it before at roll call i think two or three years ago and um might have been just pre-covid um and and come second with it and i tweaked it because this was a period that went from the biblical into the early classical so i added a few more heavy foot <clears throat> to it and i think i took out a couple of cavalry or something um and is that was... the one with the medium foot with the man boobs um with the what boots the man boobs the man boobs. Um, no, I don't think I was. Was I using them? Oh, no, I think there was that base. Yes, there was the man boob medium foot. Yes, there were. Yeah, absolutely. I knew you'd remember that one and remind me of it. Um, but um, yeah, who did you share a room with at Burton? Um, but I, I think the, <laughs> but no, it, it worked because it was it was solid and um, there was quite a lot of people who were trying to do shooting. And my um, elite armoured heavy infantry just sort of marched into them and, and chopped them up, um, which was which was lovely, but it did mean um, they got really, really close and got some great photos of Ian Speed's kind of remarkable painting on that absolutely enormous 33-unit army that he had with um, just remarkable-looking things. But but my guys, unfortunately, just marched into it, and I think that was one of my lowest um, casualties that I was suffered in, in the whole weekend. Um, so that was that. And then um, what else was there? So uh, Warfare we'd done. Um, I didn't... I got beat by Rafa in the last round of that. I somehow I in the one day, yeah, where I came fourth um with a Spanish army, um, with two wins and one defeat, um, which was basically just charge all these impetuous foot at um whatever was in front of them and um and they won twice and lost once. Well, the big, the big one is Alicante. Tell us about that. Actually, yeah, I suppose Alicante was. That was um, that was an epic trek, wasn't it? For um, some of us, we a long flight. Um, Simon, Dave, we um, that was an a, a back to international travel, wasn't it? It was an early morning Heathrow start when okay. um, when I we just snuck in. Um, Dave was lucky enough to bump into me on the tube, and um, and unfortunately you weren't, which meant as my soon expiring ba gold card 
managed to compass both into the, the first class lounge for free breakfast. But I'm sure your Costa was lovely. Um, whatever whatever it was that you had in um, in Heathrow, um, I'm sure that was a highlight. That maybe there was a four pound eighty croissant or something in there. It was it was total quality where I went, but that's okay. It's yeah. fine. You can have that's the lounge. good. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be another opportunity. It was just pure chance that we met on the tube, and um, and then we did. Um, Alicante well no we did Valencia we did the military museum in Valencia that we didn't even plan to go to before we went and we didn't really know whether it was going to be any good which was kind of weird wasn't it it was it was massive it was massive and when we went in we thought there's about two rooms and about six cannons and then you sort of went into this warren at the back it was everything it felt like it was like the um, the Valencia city barracks type of thing. So you sort of come yeah. in the, the tradesman's entrance past the garage, the boiler, and yeah. the heater. There's, as you said, a couple of World War II cannons and stuff from World War One and all that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we found these almighty rooms with um, yeah. Um, 15 and 18 mil Napoleonic um, siege of Valencia. Yeah. Um, various other things. There was a whole room on tercios and stuff like that. It was a whole room full of little models of castles, wasn't there, from all around Spain? Yeah. There's Civil War flags. There was a, a horse's gas mask, which yeah, isn't a, that's not a euphemism. That was actually a horse's <laughs> gas mask. Um, there was an early Dalek. Do you remember the Spanish Dalek? Um, it's good. Huge collection of guns. An 88. Basically, any gun you could want from a yeah. pistol. We saw also what was quite neat, uh, neat for those uh, like me is a Renaissance nut. Mm. They had one of the most early of the um, handgun, handguns. Yeah. Like an 1100 handgun, yeah. where it's literally a brass pipe yeah. with a tree branch, like a branch of, wood, branch of wood stuck behind it. Yeah. And you just imagine some guy going, here, trust me, put something in that, light it and point at the enemy. She'll be right. Yeah, God. Well, I, uh, there was so wrong, much stuff. Yes. I, I've actually uploaded a video of just all the pictures from um, from that military museum. So that's, mm. that's on my YouTube channel to, that you can run through it. And then, and my God, we ate some food as well, didn't we? There was just, um, just for research purposes. Yeah, just for research purposes, we were straight Friday into Friday night meal in Alicante was good. It's fantastic, wasn't it? That um, very very good grilled cuttlefish and yeah. um, and and Dave Allen shirt when that arrived as well. That was, that was quite spectacular. Yeah. Yep. And, and there were quite a few Brits who'd gone, it was kind of their first trip to war game abroad. There was a Scots mm. guy. Yeah, there's a couple He's of Scots, Fraser been. and... Um, and, and yep. Yeah, Fraser. Mark Fry had never been abroad. Yeah, Mark Fry had done. Yeah, we, we we dipped them gently into the European circuit, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and it was a really good meal on the Saturday night, the team, team meal that pretty much everyone went to, <laughs> that kind of plates and plates and plates of tapas. I was a bit cream crackered by that point. Uh, yeah. right. no, I, I, I was sat opposite the two, Gordon, and it was Gordon and Fraser. Um, I was sat opposite, and then they bought a round of beers in um, seconds before the guy organising the event came around and started putting pictures of beer on the table because apparently <laughs> it was included in the price that we were all paying that we didn't know. So so the faces of two Scotsmen who bought a round they didn't need to buy when beer was free was just um, one of the absolute highlights of it. They were just like, this is, you know, this is culturally inappropriate for us to be doing this. It, it was really quite frightening. But um, but yeah, as you say, the um, this Berber army that Dave had taken apart painfully <laughs> yeah. and brutally with your, what was it, with your 
Samurai? I, I took the Samurai, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we'd have one practice game after I'd submitted my list, and my army was just utterly rubbish. I think I destroyed it in an hour and a half, didn't I? I couldn't lay a finger on it. I was lucky to to come second in that game. I, I was just like thinking, because the theme of the competition was you had to have a strategist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that was a crucial thing was, yeah. weirdly enough, the being forced to have the strategist was a weird one because everybody went with large initiative in mm. order to, and then they, then they chose to defend in their chosen yeah. terrain, which was a really weird one. Yeah. Yeah, I've still got to get my brain around what was happening with that competition because it was the strategies meant that everybody became sort of terrain specific. So, I mean, there's one game I lost the initiative to a Timurid army hmm. and he defended on the step. Yep. Took all the rough going and put it in all the corners. So there hmm. was nowhere for my samurai to go no. at all. Oh, dear. And then I just. Got, but that's the only game I think I lost. But it was just because yeah. I lost the initiative. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd take the um, like depending on having a big yeah. initiative, winning the initiative, defending in planes, sticking loads of rough terrain in, and shooting the hell out of my enemy with my bow fire. But with everyone else with high initiative, because the strategies that just didn't really work, exactly. did it? Yeah. No. No. And I think um, Simon, how did you? How was your um, gaming weekend in in Alicante? Um, mine was up and down, so I um, got absolutely smacked by a couple of players. Um, which, uh, what was your army? What did you take? I, I brought the uh, free company, so the one that I okay. brought to Warfare. Cause I, I yeah. got to the point I couldn't decide, so I brought the same I, I brought to Warfare, which yeah, it won Warfare, go figure. No. Okay, and really. This weekend, the drunken hooligans in Spain obviously had found too much beer mm. and were hard-pressed to fight their way out of the paper bag. Oh, but the most enjoyable um, game we had was um, against Spartacus. Hmm. Okay. The, the massive spa- um, slave revolt armies. So um, my opponent dropped down an army of about 36 elements and said, hmm. right, deal with this. Yep. We did. And, okay. Um, we lost four points. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, you're inspiring me with this just enormous painting effort. That I've just oh. done. I'm just like, no. Oh, it doesn't in, sound good. in fairness, I think in terms to my opponent, mm. I was rolling like a demi, demi, uh, Jeremy uh, Dodger. Okay, and, um, that that helped quite a lot because um, his whole army, for all intents and purposes, was all impetuous. Yeah, and if he had rolled even just half decently, I was in a world of hurt. Um, yeah, but he got made up for it the next game because uh, my next opponent proceeded to um, absolutely thrash me one, and I think I got uh, he he only lost four points, so. Yeah, no, no, I must admit, I've been trying to um, work out why the Berbers actually uh, actually worked particularly well, which was just sort of a bit a bit weird. And um, I think it might be down to my opponents in some way, because Mm. uh, everybody there was a lot of people taking sort of Timurid and Mongol type armies with to to run around on a thing. And it just turned out that this Berber list, which I'd, I'd taken it because they got a strategist and they'd successfully invaded Spain. And there's not that many armies that fit that um, characteristic. So it's like, well, we'll take them and see if I can cobble it together. But um, but the army had some quite good stuff to take down elephants, which was sort of the, the blunt instrument, a lot of these Timurid and other type armies. It was very good against cavalry because it had a load of spearmen who were normally a bit pants. And it had a few knights and it had quite a few crossbows and bows and it had some other 
supporting things. It was big. It was 27, 28, something like that, against some very tiny armies. There was a lot that were, because they had elite cavalry and high quality stuff and, and elephants, they were all in the low 20s. And um, and I think I also did pretty well with, with the terrain. I, I managed to get stuff down to narrow the table. And um, particularly the joy of it was taking taking a river in a few games, which um, in in ATLG, there's if you want to narrow the table, you can either take a waterway, which does narrow the table. Um, clearly, nobody goes in the waterway. Your table is, what, four, well, 16 centimetres narrower? Bosh, done, finished. Or you take a river, which you've got a pretty, you know, a less than 50-50 chance of it actually being much of an obstacle at all. So people can just like march across it. So no one in their right mind takes the river. So no one's ever really read um, read the rules properly for rivers. So I was put down a river because I thought this would be weird. My army's a bit weird. I don't know if it'll work. It wasn't really part of a plan. And then because I had loads of light horse, I stuck a couple of light horse on the, the short side of the river. And my opponents were sort of tending to put one light horse there. So I'd race down and bully their one light horse and kill it. And, and their armies lost them. Then I'd come across the river with these two light horse, which was sort of an on-table flank march, when psychologically people have gone, I've got a river, that must be a protected flank. I'm going to anchor my army against it. And then you're going, well, no, you're not, because my my light horse can just come and attack you. Um, and, and I've forced you into a corner. So it, it was this weird combination of an army who's it was more effective than some of its parts, and it had... Um, had some good good ways of using terrain that um outfoxed a lot of the the opponents i placed you know if i'd placed if i'd fought a samurai army i still don't know what i would have done at all and and there were quite a few there so i was very lucky not to do that but but yeah five wins out of six and then i was winning the last game but but it just got timed out um but my opponent was kind of pulling back to to try and avoid defeat so it was just um just a complete surprise, really. Um, to I think with, to 68, with 68 players, yeah. I because I was thinking, I was thinking about this and thinking, yeah, most of our competitions are sort of 24 to 36 players, yeah. Hmm. When you get 68, it becomes much more of a lottery with ADLG, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to what your opponent, well, I think, any ancients about. game because ancients games are fundamentally paper, scissors, stone. That's yes. the beauty of ancients. That's why it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and but that does mean you can end up with a paper army against the stone army sometimes, and then it gets kind of hard. Um, so yeah, you can get a, a rub of the green and, and have some good opponents. But you know, I, the people I played had solid armies that were, um, you know, they were good players. But it was it just for some reason my army kind of worked against them um, in a way they weren't. It was because I think they they'd not faced something that was this sort of combination. It was a very atypical, non-stereotypical sort of combination of troops that um sort of that can work because sometimes it. when you're playing things and it's a type of army you're not used to, you don't think through properly no. what do I need to do against it, either in terms of terrain yeah. or deployment. Yeah. And by the time you realize, oh yes, I should have done that, well, it's, yeah. it's kind of halfway into the game and it's too late. Yeah. I think also when it looks a bit rubbish. And it's not really got, you know, the focal point was three medium knights. And, you know, you're looking at that going, well, 
and we could deal with that yeah we'll deal with that and then then you can't because there's a lot of other stuff with it <laughs> um so i think it, it, it and i had to think about it because i realized that it was potentially very rubbish and i was going to be fighting six tedious terrible games which i got beaten after playing dave in the practice game so i probably thought about it more than i did um and and tried a few more different things and and it kind of worked so that was that another was thing hoop, really. with 68 players yeah you can't predict what you're i mean i, I was sitting there i think the last I, I wasn't i wasn't flying high but i was doing pretty well mm. my last game i played an early imperial roman yeah wow i really surprised that was a really weird game yeah, yeah. i didn't expect to be playing that sort of opponent yep. it was a really good game really different and it that gave me a lot of problem because it yeah. was all armored infantry against my yep. samurai bow. Yeah. Oh, and what about we almost forgot the castle of Zativa, um, which we went yeah. to on the way yeah. down that like, was on top of those two mountains. Yeah. That was insane, wasn't it? With Hannibal's door. Yeah, Hannibal's Hannibal's one of Hannibal's wives had had yes. um a child at this castle. So yeah. I think I think you were saying, Dave, that you were you you previously walked in the footsteps of Hannibal somewhere else. I have, yeah. That was in eastern Turkey in Mithridates in Amasa, yeah. which is where he sort of ended up after he got was, when he was on the run from the Romans and the Romans yeah. tracked him down. Yeah, yeah. But I now, think, but I, but now I've, you've worked it. I've, worked I've in been the to like three or four different places that Hannibal's been to because I've been to Trasimene. Trasimene's yeah. amazing. Okay. But now you've also been to the place where Hannibal's family gynecologist would have yeah, been to as exactly. well. So, you know, that's uh, that's probably a unique characterization. So I think on on that point, that may um, that may well be the opportunity to to move on and, and head into the world of the quiz. This means war. So we're um we're into the final final furlong really now, um, and I think we've we've remembered most of the key components, but but this is the bit that no one can forget, um, no one can ever forget, and it is um, of course it is Andy's quiz, hoving into view yet again. Here we go. So let's hit that quiz music. Incroyable, incroyable, as we say. Um, so, <laughs> Monsieur Le Finkel, um, back in November, you know, the world's completely different. It, it might as well have been a thousand years ago. We might, maybe the last quiz was done in Greek or something. Um, do you, has anybody got any memory of what the last quiz was about? No. Well, according, according to what's written on my uh, iPad, okay, I think, I think the theme was good. King was there an Charles? iPad that long ago? Have they been invented? You sure it wasn't oh, in chalk? Apparently, no? yes. Okay. Yeah, the warranty is in Latin. There we go. Okay. Right. So the 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 uh, theme was good King Charles. Yeah. And the first question was, which country's King Charles XII suffered a major defeat at Poltava in modern-day Ukraine in 1709 and was for, detained for three years by the Ottoman Sultan? Oh, being detained by your Ottoman Sultan. Yes, we uh, Actually, I think we've we covered it. We, we do the answer in, in, the, in the last quiz or in the last show. Oh, okay. Or in fact, that was a question from one before. 
in that case, I can't remember <laughs> what the last question. Oh. Should we just pretend though? Should we just pretend that we're doing the answers from that? Right, yeah. Okay. So no, there's two good. more, right? Which yeah, okay. was second one was after the Vikings in the ninth century captured Paris, which Carolingian king had to pay them a ransom to get them to hand back Paris? Was it Charles the Bald, Charles the Simple, or Charles the Fat? Fat. Yep. Let's go fat. Yep. And the third one was. Which nation captured the Royal Navy warship Royal Charles and turned it into a tourist attraction in their home country? Netherlands. American. That's right. Oh, the old Dutchies. Good. Okay. Right. Well, let's um, let's clog on then. So Andy, this I was going to say this week's quiz questions, but it could be like this quarter or this whatever the world for six months is. Millennium. Maybe, maybe we'll do. No, we'll do. We'll, we'll we'll be back to a more regular schedule. This this episode's quiz questions. Hit us with them, right. please. Okay. Well, we are now in March, and um, the famous date in March is the Ides of March, when uh, Julius Caesar uh, came to grief. Infamy. So this, this week's theme is beware the Ides of March. So it's all about stuff which happened around the fifteenth of March. Hmm. So the first question is. When Admiral Bing was shot by firing squad on the 14th of March, the writer Voltaire commented that the English feel the need to shoot one of their admirals from time to time to encourage the others. So in what year was Admiral Bing shot? When was Bing put down? Okay. Right, okay. Second was, on the 18th of March 1915, how many Allied battleships were sunk in the attack on the Narrows near Dardanelles? Okay, well, that's like, are you sure that's a proper question, isn't it? That's a proper question, yes. Oh, God, okay, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, that's well, bear in mind, I haven't fine. had long to prepare this quiz. No, okay. Right? Good <laughs> okay. No, good yeah. Yeah, good and the third yeah. one is, at which battle on the 15th of March 1781 did the British Army win but suffer over 25% casualties? 1781. Okay, well, that's um. those are all questions to ponder. Fantastic. Well, I think um, I, I can't even work in infamy infamy into that i'm really struggling um there's got to be an angle but um let's maybe it's time to bring in for another reason the theme tune to close the quiz Okay, we quiz receding into the background and the, the two-hour mark hoving interview. I guess it's time for a quick round robin to see what is up and coming on the paint table, the buying table, the gaming table, all sorts of things. What's what's going to be happening in the foreseeable future? So, Monsieur Le Warsdale. Um, um gonna get my uh, French army painted over the next few weeks. I've started playing. Um I've after a series of very hard, tough negotiations with my family, um, it's been decided that I am allowed out on my own on a Wednesday evening. Hence me being Congratulations. Uh, at least until the cricket season starts. So I've been playing uh, a few games and I'm going to be playing Fire and Fury um, wow. with uh, Mr. Whitaker, with a view, hopefully, to very soon starting a campaign. Wow. Um, which will be sort of like lots of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Good. What scale? What scale? Uh, 10 mil. That's 10 mil. That's the law. That's the yeah. right way of doing it. Well, Correct that answer. and the fact I got three metric tons of Americans of water. All right. Well, look, if you if you need anybody to turn up and make the battle even bigger for the decisive moment, I'm I'm there. I'm in my car already, ready to rock. Okay, I'll bear it in mind. It's a done deal. Okay. All right. Tamsin, what have, what have you got um on the paint print on the print shelf, possibly even the print queue? Uh printing, mostly printing some 
sci-fi figures. Yeah. Fruit figures for the spaceship. Uh, got a few more to go. And but sort of paint desk. I'm work. I doing the whole parts of the spaceship. Okay. I've right. got a few more figures to paint. Yep. So it's going to be a lot of signage, of directional signage of don't step here and, and press this button to make the zoop noise or anything. No? No. 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 No, <laughs> no just keep it simple. Lots, these people, these people details, know their way around their own on, spaceship. At some point, I need to, need to do some decals for the ship. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be um, basically some of the less, less, um, less grimy ships of the Expanse universe then, I guess. No, it's going to be, it's the Traveller Universe, not... Traveller Universe, sorry, okay, right, yeah. key important, done deal, all right, okay, yeah. um, fine. But it will uh, be quite, quite grimy, because it's It'll be quite ship. grimy, good, excellent. Michelle Lefinkel, what have, what have you got coming up over the next few few days, weeks, months, whatever? Um, well, painting, in terms of painting, wise. it's, it's um, finishing these German 15 mil, these German 10 mil, 10 mil. painted guys, and mm. then I've got some Fortune Battle vikings which i undercoated is still on lollipop sticks so i'm going to try and clear them off mm. oh that's very nice it's a there get is, it, is, is that one of these red three hannah mags that is yeah that's a red three hannah mag waving its camera yeah yeah okay so um, climbing I that. Doing, I then i shall have sufficient guys to do whatever um world war ii game i'm mm. ever likely to play yeah and then um I've got a few World War II early war vehicles to paint after that. And uh, then I'll see. I mean, I think I'm, um, I'm my, my painting progress is very slow at the moment. So probably keep me entertained for a while in that. Um, I mean, tonight I've actually whizzed through painting some of these Germans. I've got most of them done. But, um, hmm. you know, I hadn't been painting anything really for several weeks. For quite some time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Simon, I think we probably got a good guess at what um, what your next few weeks. Are there any events that are going to interrupt you painting 28 mil plastic Hellenistics? I've got um roll call coming up, so I'm just mm-hmm. um, trying to work out what to fit, what army to bring in that. It's quite a, uh, I'm playing the 25 mil period, so it's yeah. any army in 1066. Yeah, nice and simple, on the money. Which comes a bit of a challenge when I've got two armies, my Chinese and my medievals, like who can exactly fit into that one? Okay. Um, that's going to be good fun. But yeah, on the painting table. Is... Like I could probably lend you some <laughs> if you oh, wanted. Okay. I've got some Normans and Arabs and things. So yeah, I'm sure I could find some stuff for you if you wanted oh. to try some of that out. Might, might um, We might have to talk. Okay, let's do that. Um, and otherwise, I'm just really just trying to focus on getting enough of my Greeks painted up because I'd like to bring them to Birmingham. I've got okay. um, UK Games Expo. That's any, yep. any army uh, pre-500. So the Greeks, it's close enough to pre-500, so it's no. going to be an excuse to bring them up. Yeah, that's creeping um, up. Good. I'm good, tempted, good, good. Um, it's probably going to be a completely stupid idea, but with the Seleucids, you can have some, I think it is, you can have some scythe chariots. And as people know, I like to bring slightly strange objects exactly. to scythe chariots. So I was thinking for the Greeks, either some minotaurs, mm-hmm. producer figures, gorgons, or things like that. So um, There's got to be a million and one of those on Thingiverse to be printed out I in 3D, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. I have been looking at Thingiverse yeah. and Etsy and all that, and uh, yep. uh, Reaper and all that going. Mm. Yep. Amazon, I can see you're about to suggest Foundry. Foundry. Well, yes, they've got some Greek. They've got, yeah. myth, they've got a Greek myth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a thing as well. Saving that as well. Okay. All right. Cool. So, Dave, Dave, what about you? What's um? What's uh, your next few months? One day, London one day. Yeah? 
Yep. Two weeks time. I've, I've actually submitted a list and it's you been have. approved. First I know I've approved it. Yeah. Uh, then we've got we're going to Le Havre. We are. Yes, we're going to um the, we're going to France to play in the the our ancestors competition in yeah. somewhere near Le Havre using I'll, I'll, armies I'll have that a chat French ancestors. You, uh, I've had a strange email conversation. I'll tell you about later. Okay. All right. Weird. Uh, yeah. So I'm taking the Vikings to Le Havre. They're going yep. home for definite, and they're going to get treated like a sleeping policeman by Norman armies, I suspect. <laughs> yeah, possibly. But we Very are going to go see the Bayer Tapestry, aren't we? And um, yes, and some Normandy maybe, maybe beaches, maybe Aramark or something. Yeah, and um, and Rouen, no, not Rouen, um, Khan Cathedral, and and the old town, and like some Calvados. Yeah. That should Rouen, be quite a good Rouen, old trip. Good, where they burnt um, what's the name? Yeah, Joan of Arc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that not yeah. earlier? No, no. That, that's a quiz question, Andy. You, you can't have oh, two questions. Fine. You're only allowed three questions a week. You can't have another one. I'm sorry. It's right. one of the airspeed velocity of a migration swallow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Tapestry. I won't have been to for 49 years. Wow. Yes. Wow. We. Yes. Which is remarkable. I wonder uh, if given you're only 36. Yeah. Pieces that you walk around with. I bet they've yeah. updated them since. Yeah, they probably do. It's probably on an app or something, isn't it? No, that France one should be a good old trip, actually. That should be kind of fun. And there's Roll Call, Birmingham, Simon Says. Yep. Roll Call. I think I've got a pretty good idea what I'm going to use for yep. that. Oh, it's got a campaign in May. I've got campaign, a campaign as well. Pretty good idea. I'm actually kind of planning ahead of what. Wow. This is a bit shocking. I'll actually know Ooh. what I'm going to use for each competition. God, it's a nightmare. Yeah, well, no, I, I think both the one day and campaign both fall foul of other things in my diary. It's um, bloody sky moved um fulham arsenal so the the london one day which i um tried to arrange around football suddenly is no longer is now clashing with football so i'm gonna have to skip that one and then campaign i'm gonna be in um in greece on actual holiday uh when that comes around so that's one that we're missing so france is going to be a biggie and i i do need to see what's going on with some other stuff to see whether um the the, the uk games expo one fits in for me as well hopefully it will because that's always a really really good trip and um i should be getting the reports from um well possibly by the time this comes out the reports from alicante um and our trip and the rest of it will all be published as well um and some then some photos of these plastic nights and things like that i'm just painting up a few more um uh, civilians as well because i realized that the spartacus list that I put together for 200 points um, needs you to have at least one of the um, the really cheap, completely unarmed mothers and children levy, because otherwise it just doesn't add up because everything costs like three and four and five or something. So you, you need a two point unit to make it add up to 200. So I've got some completely unarmed little civilians to, to do before I follow Simon into painting up or starting to make a big, all options 28 mil hellenistic army as well which is just going to be a a mega mega project but um i, I almost want to really clear the decks of absolutely everything before i get that so there's a few other bits and pieces a couple more video battle reports to do as well um from plymouth and also from um beachhead i think i'll probably end up doing ba video battle reports from those two um and getting those on youtube so there's a lot of painting and content um, and a bit of gaming as well and i think i'm even going to start playing malifaux again on a tuesday night in um 
Bad Moon Cafe in, in London Bridge or something, because I've got a lot of Malifaux stuff that um, we've talked about in the past, uh, me and Adam, and to try and see how much that meta has moved on and if my stuff is now just rubbish and needs to be sold and see that. So so there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about by the next time we, um, we reconvene here, whenever that may be. So um, on that note, I think everybody... Goodbye, and we'll see everybody next. Well, Bye. next time. Goodbye. 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 Bye. about where we are for or did i say yeah um so the um 93rd best hobbies podcast the 129th best hobbies podcast in new zealand right <laughs> fine um, i guess the okay. other 120 is rugby 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 shagging, yes rugby, indeed and and yeah. we're 93rd in spain we're 93rd in spain um, we dropped 14 places okay good but 45 right, well, in new zealand let's let's rock <laughs>